When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm James Deacon and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they are a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Jake Farrell. Hello. Thanks very much for having me, mate. No, thanks for, thanks for this. this is, uh, uh, just so listeners know, this has been a long time in the making. It has, yeah. We've talked about this for a while, but it just hasn't happened until well, this yeah, moment. And this is the thing, because I'm a, I'm a dick's head as uh, well. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, this is amazing. So I've been, this is a long-held dream for me. Really? Really? You know I mean, yeah. Just uh, you're blowing smoke up my ass. <laughs> no, no. This is like, I, my mate Jacob came on here ages ago. Yeah, And yeah. I started listening to it because he put it on his Twitter feed. And I was like, oh, this is, this is sick. So, like, from that, this has been a long time coming because it's from that moment. Oh, my God. This is like, uh, this is music to my ears because I, I love it when, so, if someone knows the podcast and then you've thought, really thought about what you're going to yeah. say next, your selections are going to be. Exactly. Really? Okay. Been, and, and also, it's like, negativity is a big part of my personal brand as well. Is it? Is it? Oh, I'm going to learn this then, I guess. I'm yeah, so it's like Desert Island Discs would be, uh, obviously, if the producer are listening, one day, be flattered. I'd love to come on. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of your work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately, there's something much more appealing to me about deciding Who the worst yeah, okay. the best. This is great. Okay. Um, I know we're leading on to this, but uh, again, I should let the listeners know um, we're outside the studio. Yeah. And this has only happened over the past couple of weeks, but um, we're outside the studio. So, Jake, do you want to describe where we are? Well, we're in what I can only describe describe as uh, something like the set of a Wes Anderson film it gone is. slightly wrong yeah um, where I, well, I think it's like a co-working space mm. uh, in Aldgate we're in Aldgate mm. and it's I mean it's very nice the people are unbelievably friendly mm. to the point where I'm somewhat suspicious of them <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's really nice but it's like a kind of very tastefully 70s yes. furniture everywhere isn't yes, it yes yeah but it's nice I mean it's, it's perfect for us right it's perfect yeah I mean well, not perfect. perfect to eat here it's, the pastries were £4.50 really did you have one no no <laughs> way <laughs> no that's old pastries as well that's afternoon pastries yeah yeah you're right it's not fresh no I mean we're really selling it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for the room guys yes, cheers guys <laughs> thank you uh, by the way we're not paying them any money yeah. um uh, Jake, so, okay, that's it. Let's dive in. Uh, who's going to be your first choice? My first choice is uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan? Yeah. Well-known podcaster and personality. Is he Joe well Rogan. enough known for me not to contextualise who he is? Um, no, I think let's, let's give a little bit for the listeners. Yes, of, I think of Joe Rogan initially started as a comedian. I think mm. that's his kind of trade. And mm. then he's been on the telly and stuff. And then he was in podcasts early on. And is yes. now just a kind of figurehead for... I guess like kind of semi-right-wing lunatic thinking, I think. Yes. Brands itself as kind of free-thinking. Left-leaning. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so, yeah. And I think the problem with him most of all, this is, I mean, he's a dreadful man from start to finish. He's an awful, uh, an oh awful God. human being in so many ways. But I think the worst thing about him is that he is 
he is the dumbest smart guy of all time. Right, okay. He, he clearly thinks that he's in the kind of top 10% greatest thinkers of his generation. But he is, without a doubt, one of the dumbest men I've ever listened to. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Like, so gone. what do you mean? Well, the other day, I mean, this is the thing. I kind of hate watching him on mm. YouTube a lot. Mm. Uh, I'm a bit worried I'm being like red-pilled into the kind of incel movement with all, with all of his, his mouth-breathing fans. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was watching him the other day and he was on with Wiz Khalifa, the rapper. Right, yeah, I know, yeah. And they were talking about mental health problems. Mm. And um, at one point, Joe Rogan just went, well, that's the thing with mental health. Just some martial arts and some weed and that will sort you out. (laughs) That's the message, guys. (laughs) That's not how it works. I do not have a degree in psychiatry, but that is not how it works. And that's his whole thing. It's just like weed, Mm. martial arts. He's really into UFC, which I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, it's it's such a bizarre mix. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like like everyone should smoke weed for the these reasons plus go and punch each other in yeah, the head repeatedly exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a completely chilled out weed guy but also i love wreaking physical violence on people and it's just like i don't really and it's like you say he is a complete mix and mm. i think it's kind of hard to ideologically disagree with someone mm. where there's no substance to his ideology whatsoever he's just all over the place on everything no that's true um, yeah. and he's big into hunting as well is he yeah he's a big hunter there's, i didn't know this yeah there's a particularly excruciating segment where Russell Brand in the last three months where Russell Brand lifelong vegan I think mm. kind of just because he was there started agreeing with Joe Rogan that actually hunting might be spiritually beneficial <laughs> no <just> like, <laughs> really bizarre very bizarre that's that's rubbish it is a strange thing I mean I guess if he's in his rump uh, you have no idea what it's like when you turn up how big the production actually is because you know with a podcast we're sat here in a room with a little recorder but yeah. you imagine with that they've got cameras and yeah, they've got definitely. loads of stuff going on they've, got, probably... flame, they've got a flamethrower they make all the guests pose with after the show <laughs> oh my god Joe Rogan is 52 years old That's and he's just mental. like it's like I, I think there's this there's a whole generation of people now I think usually men disaffected mm. men they're mm. looking to people like him mm. for some kind of guidance right or mentorship or, or kind of leadership okay. and his whole thing is just like everything that everyone is telling you is a lie I'm the only one that's telling the truth hold this fucking flamethrower <laughs> <laughs> that's his thing the end that's of his it, whole thing at the end of each episode hold a flamethrower yeah and they have these funny they have these these kind of people that would describe themselves as philosophers and stuff on there and they still make them hold the flamethrower that's what I like about it and it's they're all so fun good. about it yeah and they, some of them just stand there kind of forlornly holding <laughs> this flamethrower um, and, and I think that the, he, the people go in there they don't really know what to expect and then they end up getting this guy who like you say is talking about seeing orbs in the DMT realm and, and hunting and, and whatever. It's just so bizarre. He, is a str- he looks like a big old thumb. He does. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> does. Looks like one of Mitchell brothers. He does, <laughs> he doesn't does. he? I think in this country he would be treated with that level of respect. You know what I mean? True. Just like, look, oh, there's a 50-year-old man there who's wearing... Mm. And a, a Quicksilver T-shirt. Yeah, and he's got sleeves. Yeah, and he wants everyone to hold his flamethrower. <laughs> We're not so going to pay funny. attention to him. Yeah, it's just an adult of a equivalent of getting them to hold your super soaker when they come around your house on the I mean, weekend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's so weird. It's the thing where he markets himself as this kind of like shaman from another universe, but at the same time, is really into that kind of like dude stuff, like yeah, like kind of like he's into cars so like, and uh, stuff. I saw that he went on. Um, be Real from uh, Cypress Hill. He went on his podcast. Right, right. His podcast is just sitting in a car smoking loads of weed. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all that happens. 
<laughs> and everyone is That's normally so now, stoned yeah. that they can't talk. They can't form a coherent sentence yeah. anyway. And yeah. it's just like, oh, great, Joe Rogan is with Be Real. Well, or, that's what it basically devolves into on his thing in the end, but with this high-minded pretense at philosophy. Mm. But actually, it's just Joe Rogan going to Wiz Khalifa, you know, we'll sort you out, martial arts. That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, and he does, yeah, just doesn't really have any backing. He's kind of the thing is as well. He knows enough mm. to say, uh, uh, like to to say he doesn't believe in conspiracy theories, but he does. You right. can see behind his eyes, he is Alex Jones level of like they're breeding gay frogs in yeah, labs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. He knows enough, kind of from a career point of view, to be like. I want to be near those people, but mm. I don't want to be like those people. Do you know what I mean? Right, okay. But secretly, he's just as bad. Yeah, but he'd happily have them on the podcast. 100%. Yeah, oh yeah, he platforms those people all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's, like, he's always kind of saying, I don't agree with what they're saying, mm. but I've just given them three hours to say it on my multi-million listener podcast. Yeah, and it's like, it's always top of the charts. Bizarre, isn't it? It's always like number one, it's always in the top five. And I, like, I could be wrong here, but it just goes to show, you know, a little bit of a soapbox from being a celebrity yeah. and then persisting because he's like in the thousands of episodes, right? Yeah. If you just keep doing that stuff, eventually... I think so. I think that's it. You just need a bit of momentum. You just need to get the ball rolling down the hill. Mm. And then eventually no one goes on and goes, Joe, you're 50. You're wearing skeletos. What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my Everyone God. Everyone goes in and treats him with the reverence they would treat like a kind of priest or something. Yeah. And actually, he's just this bizarre 50-year-old man who's like, do you know what's good? Weed, brother man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Chill oh do you remember him? In, he was on, it's called Fear Factor. Yeah, this is what Fear I mean. Yeah. He's just a kind of run-of-the-mill celebrity who's somehow marketed himself. Fear Factor, and they used to make them eat testicles and yeah, stuff. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's like early doors, uh, I'm a celebrity kind of stuff, but non-celebrities. Yeah. yeah. And it's the thing, it's like, uh, so many of these people now that were in that bracket, people like Russell Brand is the same, in that he mm. would, he's gone from the kind of sun shagger of the year <laughs> to this kind of Dalai yeah. Lama vibe in the space of a decade. Uh, and he just like, yeah, it's a messiah complex. And no one says of. anything about yeah, it. I know, and just lets him do it. Yeah. And then he's getting philosophers and probably Joe exactly. Rogan when he comes here on yeah, the podcast. Exactly, yeah. and it's just, it's, it's a bizarre thing. Mm. Also like the hunting thing, in terms of actually being on the island, yeah, I know there is no way in real life he can hunt. Right, okay. He gets taken out in Wyoming or mm. wherever he goes and he pays thousands of dollars for some probably local man to take him in a jet ski or something yeah. and shoot the deer yeah. with like a rocket launcher. Yeah. But then I'd be sat on the desert island with him going, Joe, mm. mate, I've seen the podcast. You're always banging on about hunting. Yeah. I'm starving. Let's go. Step it up. And then he'd be going, oh, well, I was actually... Where's, I haven't got a jet ski uh, yeah. or a rocket launch. Yeah. So there's there's not some I guy called Randy that's going to take me round on a safari. Oh, yeah, I will yeah. go. When Randy gets here, when's Randy getting here? He's not Joe. He's We're not on a desert island. Yeah, yeah. We've got no money, you yeah. Um Okay. I feel like we've said enough about Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, He's I going. could go. I could talk about him for yeah. days. So Is there any final points before we put him on the island? No, I think the f I'm really keen to emphasise the flamethrower thing. Yeah. He's a 50-year-old man. He will give them people flamethrowers. I didn't realise that. That's mental. Yeah. Does anyone look fire up, it? Does anyone do No, they just it? stand there looking forlorn. Um, but look them up on Instagram. It's an amazing thing. It's a really I'm amazing thing. I'm forlorn. I think he records for like two hours yeah. or more. They're stoned out their heads. They've, they've yeah. ingested so much marijuana yeah. via secondhand smoke. And now there's a 50-year-old man looks like a thumb going, can you hold this flamethrower for me while my assistant takes a picture of me? <laughs> They're so stoned. Don't they just like, I just want to leave. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. What's going on? Mm. What did I say in there? <laughs> Any career enders? Yeah. Uh, no, okay. No. Uh, Joe Rogan, first choice. And who's going to be his second choice? 
My second choice is um, John Cleese. John Cleese? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, right. So please, I'm really interested to hear why. I think, I mean, to me, I've never got Monty Python. Right. So to start there, right. I've never understood that. It's not your style of comedy. You're no, just, not yeah. really. And I, and I, I just don't like it. But the thing is, I kind of like some... I, I say that would fall on the bracket of surrealist a little bit. Mm, but I do definitely. like some surrealists. I really like Vic and Bob and, yeah. and other stuff like that. There's something about it I've just always found unfunny. Mm. I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like you get told from a young age by everyone, yes. this, is the be- this is the best comedy. And then you watch it and it's like, this is just a load of middle-aged men prancing around in hats yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah just doing a silly it's uh i think um i grew up and my dad just wasn't interested in it right i don't think and yeah. he, he might tell me different but i don't remember i imagine he watched life of brian once yeah, and thought yeah, it was yeah. fine but like i think if you grow up and one of your parents or both of your parents uh I sat there laughing at it, yeah. like belly laughing at it. Then maybe you fall sort of into it. I don't know. I'm just I think there to... has to be something like that or you rebel against it, right? So mm. my mum and dad were not into it. I don't even remember them watching it, talking no. about it. Yeah. But I do remember, I think like that was my attitude to society as a whole, mm. talking about Monty Python. I just never really understood it. Okay. And Cleese was the worst in all of that. And, and it's now, he's having a late stage. He must be like, he's at 80. Mm, and he's easy. having a late stage, real uh, embarrassing decline where he's gone a bit mad. What's he doing? So he recently started tweeting about how he called Netflix and said, can I have a special? And they said, no. What on? What was the special? Yeah. No, I don't. God no knows. No idea. Okay. Maybe he's discovered some more silly walks. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> I thought he'd done all of them, but um, but yeah. So he called them up. And said they said no. Fair enough. He's eighty years old. Mm. Um, he's kind of so out of touch and irrelevant. It's it's beyond a joke. And then he just started going off at all these other comedians, saying they're on Netflix. They got a special. And there's one thing he said was like um, there was a jolly young woman on there who was talking about how she couldn't see her own vagina because she was so fat. And it's just like the condescension, yeah. the dripping condescension of it is like wow, so gross. Like uh, you can imagine that um, after he'd been rejected scathingly, yeah. just like flicking through Netflix. Exactly, just yeah. being like, oh, exactly. they can get a special yeah, work exactly. on Also just the entitlement, right? He hasn't mm. really done anything meaningful. He did this thing where he had to, he got rinsed in one of his divorces. I think he's had numerous divorces, right? Oh. Um, and he got rinsed in one of his divorces and he had to go on tour to pay. And he called, he called the tour something about, like, I need to pay for the divorce tour or something. But he's done nothing relevant since that, right? He's done nothing relevant in 25 years. The audacity to then go, do you know what? I fancy a Netflix special. <laughs> and then just think you could just get it. Yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh and then to slag God. off other people when you don't. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Who was he talking about? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I don't. He was I talking about remember. an American comedian, American yeah. female comedian. And, um, and it's just like, yeah, it's so bizarre. And I just think he just really gets on my nerves. Um, it's just like... It's just, like you said, the sense of entitlement there is yeah. just crazy. Which, again, is the thing. He's definitely one of those people that talks about our generation in terms of snowflake or insen- like oh overly God, yeah. sensitive or whatever. Uh, yeah. And he's been refused, not refused 
healthcare or a job or, or a house. He's been refused the chance at 80 to make a multi-million pound special for Netflix. And he's like, this is outrageous. And oh my like, God, yeah, yeah. It's really crazy. Um, so maybe he's got another divorce to pay for. I think that must be it. There's probably one imminently, yeah. if not. If you are listening and you're John Cleese's other half now, hmm. divorce him immediately. Right, okay, Rinse yes. Rinse him again. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I don't, I'm just sat here saying yes, just condoning this. Oh, yeah, that's, no, that's not the, the podcast saying that, that's me saying that. Right, okay, yeah, great. I believe that if you're ever married to John Cleese at any point, you should immediately divorce just him. Just try and get more money out yeah, of him. Yeah, he's a lunatic. Yeah, yeah, just find something. And that's the thing, I just thought, I've, 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 if you were a Monty mm. Python fan, I think you could forgive him. If you think there's any kind of redeeming features about that, but now, that comedy to me is just ridiculous. I'm just thinking, what about Forty Towers? Yeah. Now that was like, I'm sure that was funny. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember ever watching it. That's what I'm saying though. Like people say that. People go like, I think we might have something. We're going the similar way with Gervais in The Office now. Right, okay. People are going to start saying, well, Gervais is such a lunatic in public and is so obsessed with transgender people. Like, was he ever funny? And we'll have to be like, no, The Office was really, really good. Mm. But he's just a, a, a lunatic. Right. Okay. Um, but, What's but he we, been saying? He's God. been saying all sorts. God, I need to look at the news. <laughs> this is like, this is what I'm saying. It's just I get this filt- filtration system. The internet is our filtration system. Mm. Just this kind of insane sentiment from 50 year old plus men that yeah. just gets piped directly into Why my head. Why are you getting this stuff? I don't know I think that like I say I think that I'm probably six months away from being like wearing a Joe Rogan t-shirt right. and carrying around my own okay. flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're really on this seesaw right yeah, now. Definitely. Yeah. At the moment it's hate watching and hate listening but I mean, we could we could tip over into the yeah, edge you're, you're only one acid trip away from being his biggest fan. <laughs> exactly maybe that's the thing. Yeah. I'm willing to accept that I might be wrong. Yes okay which as Joe Rogan would say is the most important part of a debate (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my god Um, but yeah I don't know is 40 Towers good I I, I genuinely can't remember anything that happened in any of the episodes I can only remember the um, bit where he's like I think I got away with it but I don't think I mentioned they've got German they've got German guests at the hotel where is this going to go but the thing is it's just like him and Manuel is not good vibes either um, I think the only thing I remember about Forty Towers isn't part of it at all. It's um, when Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand called, called yeah, called y- Andrew Sachs. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I remember about Forty Towers. That's our generation's even... interaction with Forty Towers, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. yeah, shamefully, I guess. But mm. like, this is the thing. I've I've watched ep- some episodes of it again when I was younger, and just been like, what is all the fuss about this? Yeah. Why am I being made to watch? Why is everyone mm. banging on about this? Yeah, and um, I'm, I imagine if you rewatched it, it's like. This stuff that just doesn't stand up now. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really way. hard to maintain yeah. anything that kind of can transcend decades like that and yeah. have some relevance. Mm. And that's the thing. It's just I just don't think he. I don't think Cleese is. Anymore. No. Yeah. And he seems to have this image in his mind of like, no, not many people have sixty-year careers in comedy. Like it's fine. Yeah. Just, just go and make adverts or whatever. Yeah. Yes, he does. He's he in loves adverts, an advert. doesn't he? Yeah. He get enough of an and advert. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Right. Yeah. But we don't need. We don't need a Netflix special. No. Uh, and I realise that must be quite galling for him because he sees himself as the probably the centre of the comedic universe. But yeah. like, get over it, mate. I got <laughs> a flat tire on my bike the other day. Do you know what I mean? It happens. <laughs> Just like, yeah, just do another advert. Yeah, it's just oh, boring. Right. Okay. Uh, anything else on John Cleese? I feel no. Like, yeah. I think that felt like that was more genuinely negative than Rogan. <laughs> I know. There's yeah. some part of me that admires Rogan and finds him funny, mm. like a cuddly take. Well, Cleese, I'm just like, nah. just a mug. Yeah. yeah okay. There he goes. He's on the <laughs> island. Thank you very much, Thank Jack. God. And, and who's going to be your third choice? My third choice is um, 
is a man called Andy Puddicombe. Yeah, I don't know Andy Puddicombe, so please. So Andy Puddicombe is the creator of the meditation app Headspace. Okay. And he's also the voice of Headspace. So he does the guided meditations on Headspace, okay. of which I am a frequent user. Right, okay. Um, and he's, a very, he's got a very calming voice. So just so the listeners are aware, what does Headspace do? What's that? What's so the Headspace, Headspace is an app that tries to encourage you to do just like 10 minutes of meditation a day for 10 days right. to kind of encourage you to use mindfulness to ease anxiety or, or kind of mental health Relax issues. You, yeah, yeah, relaxation, yeah. help you with your sleep, whatever. Okay. Um, but then it tries to kind of pipeline you into a paid model mm. to alleviate your mental health issues. Okay. And Andy Puddicombe is the, the centerpiece of this. Mm. Um, and he's, uh, he's this bald guy with a really soft voice. Right. Um, and he does, so he'll do the whole like, just imagine your thoughts okay. passing you on a road or whatever. Right, okay. But he's, so he's a genuine Buddhist monk. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, from back in the day. Right. I think he went traveling and like, okay. it, all, it all went a bit far. <laughs> um, and so his thing is, yeah, the first line of his Wikipedia is, Andy Puddicombe is a Buddhist monk and trained circus performer. Wow, okay. <laughs> That's the kind of guy we're dealing with. Um, so only own Tareem pants. I just t- can totally, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. Only got one type of trouser. Yeah. Um, and they are ethically sourced Tareem pants. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so he, he set up this headspace thing. And the reason that I really... So initially, I assumed he was just an actor. Okay. Like the character oh, just a, of Andy Puddicombe. Just a hired voiceover. Exactly. Because right. he yeah. had such a calming voice. Mm. Also, his name's Andy Puddicombe, mm. which sounds a bit like Mrs. Tiggy Winkle-ish, doesn't it? It yeah. sounds like Andy Puddicombe yeah. and Mrs. Tiggy Winkle yeah. are stealing Mr. McGregor's cabbages yeah. or whatever. Um, but he's a real man who's a Buddhist monk and circus performer. And it turns out, right, he's worth... 40 million quid. Wow. Yeah. And that's just from this app? Just from the back of Headspace. So it's, a, it's extremely popular. Extremely popular, yeah. Okay. But it's extremely popular because there has been a recent exponential rise in human misery. Right? <laughs> yes, okay, okay. <laughs> so it's like yeah. his profit is inextricable. So all of that money is kind of venture capitalists investing in his app because they see it as a commercial growth opportunity. Because there's so much misery. Because there's so much oh misery. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Which probably stems from the way that we use our phones and the internet. And well, this is the thing, right? To, right. It seems strange to use the very thing that's making us all sad to try and cure the sadness yeah. as well, right? <laughs> Isn't it? It's like, it's like if you were trying to escape from a burning building, you wouldn't go back in because it's the last place the fire would expect you, would you? Yeah. This is like, yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> not going to realise I'm here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And that's what it kind of feels like. And and also it's just like, yeah, I feel, I feel like it's it's a bit dodgy in it. Forty million quid off the back of this, and and Puddicombe's there raking it all in mm. in his harem pants. Wow, but he still insists that he does the voiceover. That's an interesting. So interesting you said that because that's interesting to me as well, right? Mm. Because yes, anyone could do the voiceover. An actor would arguably do it better. But oh, there's yeah. something about him that is clearly like no. It has to be me, Andy Puddicombe. He wants to be the front man as well. Exactly. To get the glory. Exactly. Which is not very Buddhist. No, either. you're right. 40 million quid, not very Buddhist. No. Being the front man, not very Buddhist. Not very Buddhist <laughs> either. And also with that kind of money, you could go through a massive selection process to find the best possible voice. Exactly. For that. Yeah. But maybe he is. I don't know. What's his voice like? Well, he's kind of like, it's very calming, to be fair. He's mm. quite good at it. Mm. But I've noticed the longer that I use it, he interjects these little fake 
conversational aspects to it to try and make it sound like it's not scripted. Right. So he'll be like, just scan down through your body. And then he'll do like a little laugh where he'll go, <laughs> like that. Do you know what I mean? Just something like that. <laughs> and just imagine you're on a boat or something like that. And it, it's a, but it's, it's kind of like he's, just like he's just like laughing at the fact that he's just said that. Yeah, that's what he's trying to suggest to you, that he's, he's so in the moment and it's, it's very bizarre. And I just, I, like, I saw him interviewed by a financial journalist. This is the realm that this thing is operating mm, in, right? Mm. Like, how much money can we raise for shareholders, etc. And um, I saw him interviewed by a financial journalist and the financial journalist literally went like, Andy, you've seen a lot of attraction from investors and um, there's a, due to the rise in kind of anxiety and more people needing meditation apps. And they cut to Andy and he just had the biggest grin on his face ever. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm raking it in. Yeah, oh my God. Exactly. Really? It was just like, yeah, he's just in the business of human misery and business is booming. Yeah, like, just, yeah, yeah. Keep making them sad, people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's just sat there and he's just like, she's talking to him and there's obviously blankness in his eyes while he just thinks about how much money he's, he's I think there's an element to him and there is an element of, of where I'm scared of him in that respect. Yeah, I, I don't okay. doubt that initially it came from some kind of place of altruism. Mm. But ultimately, you could run, you could run at cost. You know, you could be a social enterprise, whatever. It's not, as far as I'm aware, it's very much a profit-making enterprise, yeah. and that profit is all going into the pockets of Andy's harem <laughs> pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a cupboard full. Yeah, yeah. each um, harem pants silkier than the last. God, can you imagine what his house looks like? Oh, it's yeah. It'd be incredible, but also mental, terrifying. Yeah, terrifying surely, in its simplicity. Actually, it should be it should be really minimal, right? Presumably, it should have nearly nothing. That would be hilarious. If they went around Andy Puddicombe's house, and it was like Donald Trump's apartment. There. <laughs> yeah, just gold yeah. everywhere, yeah. candelabras everywhere, and stuff. Looked like Liberace stage set or something. <laughs> I'd love to see what his house looks like. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we should. Yeah, we should like. Man- I don't know. Maybe he's got Instagram. Maybe people can go and check him we out. We can have a little look. Yeah. What's his? Um, I didn't ask. Where's he from? He's, he's English, he's British. Right. He's got a kind of slight tinge to, northern tinge to his accent. I don't know exactly where in the country he's from. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a very calming voice, to be fair. Mm. But it's just a weird, the kind of cult of personality that he's building through the Headspace app. Okay. If I started seeing big pictures of Andy Puddicombe popping up on street corners... I'd start buying tin food and head for the hills. Really? Like, yeah, oh, maybe it's he's dangerous. Yeah, cult. <laughs> like a cult leader. Yeah. Um, no, only two out of three. I was going to say, have all your choices been kind of cult leader-ish? But I wouldn't say John Cleese was. Yeah, thought, John Cleese, uh, not so much. No. But definitely Puddicombe and Rogan, you're right, yeah, actually. Yeah, but we've mentioned Russell Brand a bit as well. Yeah. They're kind of like people that would like to, you know, there's the... For want of a better phrase, I think I said it earlier, like a messiah complex almost. I think that's a very, actually a very astute point. I hadn't even yeah. clocked that really, but you're right. Yeah. I think as well, I just, I'm very suspicious of people like that. Mm. And also, I think I find those people frustrating or annoying because there's an ele- there is an element, and Rogan has this as well, despite being a comedian, there's an element of earnestness at his core, right? Mm. About like, come on, brother, we're all in this together. Right, like, okay. up a doobie, let's do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that is, that is his, the energy that he gives off. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I think I find that ludicrous. Yes. Uh, and embarrassing. And so mm. that may, uh, I think these are not necessarily people even I hate or despise. I just think I'd really struggle to be around them for any length of time. Yes. But also, there's also like, they're, they're unbelievably sure of what they're saying. hundred percent, yeah. They just completely believe that yeah. what's coming out of their mouth is, is true. Is the is the like the right thing. That's that's also fascinating as well because like 
Why is there no introspection from Cleese? Yeah, as well? it's true. That is what really frustrates me. I guess because I probably doubt myself five times before I've even left the house. Oh my god! Morning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doubting myself right now. <laughs> We're making this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, and so for the, for them all to be so kind of like, what's the word? Like locked in. Yeah. And just be like, yeah, I'm right about this. No worries. Yeah. So Netflix like, should give me that special. Yeah. Netflix should give me that. You special. should smoke a joint and then go and beat yeah. someone up. All children in a ring. should do DMT. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god okay Andy Puddicombe Andy Puddicombe wow I'm really I'm definitely going to look him up and I wouldn't be surprised whether there was listeners right now on their phones searching yeah, Andy yeah, yeah. Puddicombe uh, I think yeah it's worth worth checking out maybe yeah. people respond in the same way I don't okay, know okay interesting wow thank you very much Jake cheers now mercifully among the wreckage of the plane there was some food and drink left over unfortunately for you it's your least favourite food and drink in the world what are they and why are they so bad yeah, this was a hard one. I started with I start with drink. I think. Yeah. Okay. Drink um, first. My the the worst thing to find on a desert island mm. would be strongbow dark fruits. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's effectively it's it's alcohol for children, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That is like when you watch the the adverts, they're basically showing what children do with that alcohol but they put adult actors into it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's oh like, my God, I never noticed that. It's like people at festivals with their mates drinking these kind of warm cans of... Just burking of, about, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But in the adverts, they're all kind of 30-year-old management consultants. But in real life, obviously, they're 14-year-olds from Peterborough. Oh so my God, like, like Reading Festival. Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. yeah. Burning each other's tents down from the inside and stuff. <laughs> so I think that there's part of it where I, I don't... I don't like that. No, yeah. Great. But also just on a purely taste level, mm. just me, imagine me clawing through the sand going, lad, I think I've, Joe, <laughs> John, get over here. I think I've found, they think they've found some drinks and it's just lukewarm cans oh, of sugary no. Strongbow. It just um, like, tastes like really bitter Rubicon or something. Oh it's got, man, it's it doesn't so taste like horrible. cider at all. It's so horrible. Yeah. I've never really been a cider fan Neither in general. Have I. No. I've never, and also I think that's another thing the British summer and cider being synonymous. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Who? I don't understand. I've been to pubs yeah. during the summer. There's not everyone sat around clinking glasses of Strongbow. <laughs> <you know what laughs> I mean? It's actually rare, isn't it? You, you go out yeah. and if you're buying drinks and someone says, I'll have a cider, it's exactly. a bit like, oh, exactly. you're you do a round yeah. and you go, what are you having? And one person goes, I'll have a Strongbow. You're like, so, sorry, what was that? What? <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. If I someone mean, said yeah. to me, our age ish, like, oh, I'll have a strongbow dark fruits, I'd be like, hang on a minute. Sorry, I've got to go. <laughs> I'm going home. Firstly, I'm in the wrong establishment. Yeah. First off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, I don't. I think, yeah, on a taste level for, for, a, for a desert island mm. would not be ideal. Having said that, right, if I was like 15, yeah. I'd drink it. It's perfect. Yeah, it's fine. Because it just tastes like juice. Pop. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's exactly what you want. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not admonishing the young... I'm not being Mary Whitehouse. No, no. I'm just, like, if anything, drink more of it. Again, yeah, yeah. that's not the view of the podcast. That's just Go for it. It's a gateway for you guys. Um, but, yeah. We're like the Joe Rogan, but just for shit cider. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Go what to your you nearest park, everyone, yeah, yeah. and buy some dark fruits. What you really want to do to see the orbs mm. and to see through to the next dimension is to have seven cans of strongbow <laughs> dark strong, Yeah, but make sure you don't try and buy it yourself. Stand outside and wait for an adult. Yeah, and oh. then what you'll do, once the adults boy for you and you get taken off them, you'll drink it and you'll start throwing up this kind of dark black bile. And then <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's when you really know you've gone yeah. through it to the shamanic yeah. layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's just, uh, it, would be, it would be the uh, yeah. worst. Oh, no. Okay. Strongbow dark fruits. Strongbow dark fruits. Uh, 
completely justified. Had he said lager, this would have been a different conversation. People have picked lager on this Really? Before. I really struggle. Yeah. Because I just think that'd be the dream. Do you think you'd want alcohol on a desert island? I just think, like, at that stage... Oblivion. I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, drink myself to oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> so, very matter of fact. Yeah. Though, no, I think I you're right. But it's just like, uh, I yeah. have an ideal world. Oh, not, just warm not alcohol. Is yeah. Just, yeah. It's not going to work. I mean, okay. Um... Strongbow Dark Fruit is going to be a drink choice. What's going to be your food choice? My food choice is going to be um, tinned hot dogs. Oh my god, this yeah. is good. Yeah. So like I'm, so I'm a I'm a non meat eater. Okay. Um, I very rarely eat meat, mm-hmm. and the main reason I do that is because I get a bit queasy about the quality of meat. Do you know what I mean? Like if I go somewhere, where I know the meat's going to be. I'm not. I don't have enough empathy to be a vegetarian on. Uh, empathetic grounds towards the animals. Mm. I'm not that good a person, mm. but it's more about me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, tinned hot dogs are the lowest rung what on that it? ladder. Yeah, yeah. You do not want to be reading the ingredients list for tinned hot dogs. Mm. I don't think. Um, uh, no, at no point on that can does it claim to be meat. No. Right? Because it can't. Yeah. Because there's so little actual meat in it. Yeah, they probably call them like cylindrical meat sticks, oh right? God, or something I hate like to that. Read yeah. It, yeah. And I think that I actually looked at once, my mate had them at uni, and it turned out, so they were, co- they were called hot dogs, but the predominant meat in it was chicken. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and it was just like, it was like 24% chicken, and then the rest is a load of other old all sorts yeah, of stuff. All sorts of um, meat. There's other, like, I know you're saying about tin hot dogs, but. Um, at places, you can buy frozen like in a bag right. sausages, but they're not allowed to be called sausages because there's not wow. enough meat content. They have to be called bangers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It has to be forty three percent, I think, for them to say it's a sausage. So they call them bangers. They call them bangers because there's like twenty. That's odd. amazing. I know. That's very scary. I would probably it? look at that as and think, oh, that's kind of a clever branding decision, getting down with the kids. Okay. And it's actually, it's because of legal reasons. There's no <laughs> meat, yeah. It's like human beings like us sat round in a room and yeah. said, no, okay, exactly. guys, what's the lowest we can push this and get yeah. round it? Yeah. What can we call them? Let's call them bangers. Great idea. Great idea. Well done, John. Nice one, John. Yeah, yeah. nice one, Steve. We're off home. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Let's go and drink all some the, stronger all dark fruits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the kids are going to be eating these now. Yeah. Um, I think also, like, for the tinned hot dogs mm. for me, it was one of the things when I was a youngster that I used to kind of guzzle with Bruce Bogtrotter-esque, um, <laughs> like, glee. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And now I look back on that and I just think, that's quite scary in terms of how they were portrayed to me as an impressionable young yeah. person, right? Something kind of cool, like... Uh I mean, I don't want to seem like a loser, but like, I was like, oh, it's kind of American, this, Mate, that's it? exactly what I was just yeah, going to say. Yeah, It is definitely that. We are definitely marketing stuff like that. A, a, a hot dog with mustard. I don't even like mustard. With mustard and ketchup, and ketchup on it. Yeah. In a bum. And it's like, oh, I'm like at a bottle game, but really, yeah. you're in the kitchen in Stevenage, <laughs> right? Yeah. I might be watching the New York Mets, but not. I'm at Hampson Park watching my brother play football. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, but like the, the really charming thing about Central Europe, actually, is that they still have that vibe about American stuff over there. So like I went to Poland a mm. couple of years ago and everything there was like super cool American. Yes. Like it was, and it was really like still a thing. Mm, I've um, seen that, yeah. And I think that, that's quite charming actually, but I just no I don't way. want any yeah. part of the hot dogs. No, okay, yeah. Tin hot dogs. Yeah. Right, okay. So that's going to be your food choice. Great. Jake, now fortunately for you, you won't be about entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? This one, this one is actually quite hard as well. I'd never mm. really thought about this, but I did have opinions about this kind of 
already, but I just okay. had to unearth them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, it was in there. Yeah, when I started listening to the podcast. And mm. so my film, the le- my least favourite film is Avatar. Is the film Avatar. Wow, okay. Yeah. Huge commercial success. Yeah. Massive production. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it might still be the highest grossing film of all time. It could be. Yeah, I'm Maybe not one sure. of the, the recent superhero yeah. ones, maybe. Yeah. But like, uh, and the thing is, I have no idea why. Have you ever met anyone who's been like, do you know what I really love? The film Avatar. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, it's amazing, right. isn't it? It's so true. And if you tried to describe that now, you could be like, yeah, all the superhero ones, they're really successful because everyone read them as kids or whatever. And, and it's like, it kind of had a history with those things. Mm. But then in 2011 or whatever it was, the bloke who did Titanic just came out with these mad visions of all these blue cats with it's, big tails. It's true. Yeah. And everyone was like, we, this is the best thing that has ever happened to us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe it was like just incredible marketing. I think it was. Yeah. I look back on it now and I think people were tricked into believing they had to watch the film Avatar because everyone else was watching it. Mm. And then everyone watched it and is it, it's nonsensical gibberish. Yes, okay. Yeah. But isn't it like, didn't, I'm, I'm sure, I could have this wrong, but at the time someone was saying it's identical story to Pocahontas. Yeah. Isn't it right? Is it that is basically, yeah. yeah. It has this basically very weak colonialism influenced story, mm. which obviously is influenced by the Iraq war mm. as well. Mm. But it's, it's like, it's so dumb. It's like Joe Rogan wrote a parable about the Iraq war. Like that's what right, it is. Okay, yeah. um, and so the cat's, live on an island what are they called I can't remember oh neither can I <laughs> this yeah. is the thing I just remember the big blue things I can't remember what they're called or whatever. did you go watch it at the cinema yeah I went and watched well, it because everyone, everyone went, went right? yeah, I yeah. thought everyone was going yeah. it was meant to be the best film of all time <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we got there three and a half hours later came out there's a film where the bloke that plays Phoebe's stupid brother from Friends is the main villain is, um, that, is that who it was yeah Giovanni Ribisi Wow. Yeah, crazy. And so the, the, the basic storyline is the cats live on an island or a planet or something. <laughs> yeah. And um, they've got a load of minerals mm-hmm. that the, the other people want, mm-hmm. but it's buried under a big tree. And um, the mineral is, this is not a joke, the mineral is called unobtainium, which is insane. That is insane, yeah. Um, and they have to go and get it, big war. I think the cats win in the end. Uh, I can't actually remember. I did go and see it. I mean, no one wins in war. No, yeah. But if anyone was a winner, I think it's the cats. If anyone's Um, a winner, I think it's James Cameron. James Cameron is a winner, yeah. 100%. Also, there's something about they're making like four more of them. Of Avatar. They're making four more Avatars. If they make anything else into a universe... It's mad, isn't it? Everything's just becoming a fuck. Everything, no, it doesn't matter. Everything's becoming a <laughs> fucking universe. <laughs> I don't know why I was censoring myself yeah. there. But it's, it's, I swear a lot on this. It's completely mad. I, I, th- I completely agree. And mm. it's like, the, I, to be honest though, I did say to someone the other day, I was like, they're making four more avatars. Like, who wants that? And that person did say, well, it was the highest grossing film of all time. So in theory, yeah. loads of people. Yeah. But I think if they brought that back now, they'd be like, oh, wait, Avatar 2's here. And it's like, who's <laughs> that for? Yeah, yeah, we can't remember who died in the end of the other one. Yeah, we listened to the podcast the other day. The bloke talked about Giovanni Rabisi and the cats on the island. <laughs> no, yeah. What do I need to know? What yeah. do I need to go and watch it again for? Um, so yeah, I just, that, it particularly troubles me how forgettable it was, how mm. stupid it was. Yeah. And how long it was. Yeah. And that it is the most, I don't understand how it, was so popular. Neither can, neither can I, because I can't remember anything that no, happened in it. Exactly. Um, do you know what? I remember coming away from it saying, um, oh, the colours were really good. Just because I think immediately 
I've forgotten yeah, yeah. What, what had <laughs> happened in the film. <laughs> I think that is about it, right? You could that, that image is relatively indelible of the big blue cat. Yeah, and it was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the colours. <laughs> cool. But beyond that, like, that, t- to me, that I remember, I remember being in the cinema and going, oh, that's Phoebe's brother from Friends. <laughs> and it's like, if a world is so poorly constructed, you can be pulled out of it by the by sight that, of Phoebe's yeah. brother from Friends. True. Then it's just like, this is not a world it's I want to be in. poor, yeah. For another four films. But wasn't there like a kind of a bit like a How to Train Your Dragon style thing where they were like plugging into the horse... They like rode around there's on horse, a horse things. There's a horse or a there's a, like a, a pterodactyl. Horse. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a pterodactyl. It's got it? it's got wings. Oh I think. my god, I yeah. can't remember what happens in this film. And, and there's definitely something about that. Yeah. Yeah. I weird. mean, the other great thing about it is that it was nominated for an Oscar, but it didn't win because mm. the Hurt Locker won that year. Right. Which was directed by James Cameron's ex-wife. Oh wow. Catherine Bigelow. So that was that was the that's the only bit of joy that I get out of that. <laughs> Yeah. Is that he had to pretend to be all magnanimous afterwards and be like, no, Catherine's a great filmmaker. I'm really pleased to see yeah, her win. Yeah, yeah. And he'd spent like seven years creating these cats. <laughs> and, <laughs> and everyone was like, actually, the film about the bombs in Iraq was way better than, yeah. way better than your film. Yes. Because, yeah, I can't remember what happened. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I can't remember <laughs> what happened. <laughs> the great thing is, as we've been talking, we've both kind of been looking into the middle distance. I've just been going, like trying to desperately remember what happened in Avatar. <laughs> and then he's, uh, yeah, he sat there being but like... I, I guarantee anyone listening to this, I would imagine, mm. is having exactly the same experience. Mm. Because they saw it, if, mm. they're probably, if they were of an age where they could. Yeah. Because everyone, everyone saw did. it. Because it, it made like $5 billion. Yeah. yeah. But no one can remember what happened. And they're making four more of them. After that, who has the last laugh, though? J- James Cameron. Jimmy C does, yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> for sure. Who's funding the rest of the We're in a Wes life. Anderson set in Aldgate. <laughs> I'm looking around at this room. <laughs> He's probably in yeah. his infinity pool in LA. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he did make a film with the word unobtainium in it. So I mean, come on. That's the real quiz. You could have put a bit more effort in. <laughs> yeah. Unobtainium. But then what about when they get it? Yeah, exactly. What, what do you it call then? it then? It's so mad. And I just remember, I mean, like, it's just at the time thinking, how has this happened? It was a real, it's a real, as a young person, I think you still have a, the vestiges of the kind of magic of the movies, mm. right? And then it was kind of at the age, I must have been about 14, 15, I think. Mm. Well, I was kind of at the age where I was like, you begin to see the, how the sausage gets made a bit. You see the seams of stuff. Yeah. And that's really dispiriting as yes, well. Yes, it is. So I don't know if I'm associating that vibe with Avatar and which makes me you hate it even more. You start picking it all apart. Exactly, yeah. God, the older I get, the less I can watch anything and not ruin it for myself. I know. Everything. Everything. Just like watching a TV programme, a film, a... a Going to what? Going to a gig? Yeah, a festival. I'm just yeah. ruining it for myself all the time. I think there was an element with that. I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan, but mm. I think there was an element of that with Game of Thrones. Right. I've not read the books. Only kind of started watching it halfway through. Yes. But the last series, everyone was furious, right? Incandescent mm. about it. Yes. Because it didn't hold up, up to, to yeah, yeah to some mad standard. And it's like they made uh, an hour-long movie about a big fight in the dark yes. they had to do it for like 12 weeks in yes. Belfast people were getting frostbite and stuff like <laughs> yeah. let's all just chill out <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah it's true um, but know. yeah so I, that's, that's the difference though when things actually half decent just let it be well we, we, we do it to ourselves because we're so desperate to find 
you know, um, the spoiler, the, yeah. the, the, the thing, the bit where they leave a cup on the table and people yeah, are like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, God, exactly, and that's yeah. more important than what happened in the episode that yeah. you've been looking forward to seeing. And nowadays. also it's like, I think some things are just all right. Do you mm. know what I mean? That's yeah. the, thing, the thing with Game of Thrones in the end. It's like, it's fine all right. to be okay. Yeah. It's fine. And that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to, it's not the best TV show ever. It's not the worst. Oh, I'm running on six out of 10 all the time yeah. in my life. It's fine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like my commute, six out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> At best. Yeah. Um, okay. Avatar. Avatar's on I there. think that's completely justified in what's going to be your song choice. My song choice is um, Freaky Friday by Lil Dicky featuring Chris Brown. Yes. Okay. A song that I know... Uh, just from the radio. I've never put it on in my Yeah, own. exactly. Yeah, okay. It was kind of everywhere for a minute, I think. Mm, mm. So Lil Dicky, would people know who he is? I think... Yeah, he's a, go on, a little explanation. Yeah, so Lil Dicky is kind of like a, a comedy rapper, effectively, who somehow assembled the kind of cachet that an actual rapper would have. It's bizarre. Seemingly. Yeah. He's in like the XXL freshman class of the year, right. along with like Lil Uzi Vert and genuinely good artists. Yeah. And he makes these silly comedy songs. Um, and so this song, Freaky Friday, went like mega viral and it was all over the internet. And it's the basic premise of the song is the Freaky Friday scenario of a body swap, right? But Lil Dicky has swapped bodies with Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Never explained why. Yeah. You dropped in in that premise and that's it. You've right? got to swallow that. Yeah. You've just got to get on with it. And then the song goes on to be hideous in so many ways. <laughs> oh my God. Um, obviously, Chris Brown's in it. Yeah. First thing, Chris Brown's in it. Isn't it? This is not an original comment or mm. point at all. It is unbelievable to me how famous he still is after what he did. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I literally can't get my head around it how he manages to still make music and radio plays it and ra- and radio yeah. one like, yeah. like it's not just i think there's loads of people that have got unsavory past lives and all that there's a whole debate about art and artist or whatever mm. but i think it's fine if you want to go and watch louis ck at like the minnesota chuckle club that's fine do you right? think do right. your thing yeah. you, if you're into that I shit, have whatever it, yeah. Yeah, yeah but like you don't have to play chris brown on the radio hmm. and also all of the other artists on earth don't have to be mates with chris brown anymore it's true yeah <laughs> like, don't condone that exactly stuff, guys. all yeah. of the people with really successful careers who haven't done the horrible things that chris brown has done don't have to say chris do you want to come and jump on this this like drake just did a song with chris brown and it's so it's so come weird on. and it's like i don't need people to be like complete pariahs or whatever hmm. it's like i say if you're into chris brown just do, do that over there yeah but chris brown doesn't need to be making comedy songs with canadian rappers <laughs> <laughs> my god it's like there are certain things you can't do in your career anymore chris brown yeah that's one of them yeah my god and this song itself is double bad mm. because Lil dicky's not funny he's not a funny comedian at all so part of the song is him realizing that he's chris brown mm-hmm. and then Part, a whole verse of the song is saying, well, if I'm Chris Brown, I can therefore use the N-word. Interesting. Wow. Like, so it is actually Chris Brown saying the N-word right. in the song. But, as... but if you believe the premise of the song, it's not Chris Brown, it's Lil Dicky. And he's just been like, cool, I can just do that now. Yeah, I can just do that. That's pretty offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? That is, <laughs> that is... It was really weird. And again, it's just like... It's, this is a mainstream. This was on. This was on the radio yeah, all the time. For sure, yeah. millions of Spotify plays, um, and we just didn't need it. It didn't need to happen so, at all. But also, I mean, we go there sometimes. And but if it's going to go on the island, right? And you're stuck listening to this for the rest of your life. Yeah, you, you have like the lowest rung level of rap music to listen to. Yeah, for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's like. 
And also, the thing about it as well is that because it's awful, it's an awful song, right? But it's clearly been written or designed by some kind of Swedish pop factory. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, it's perfect in mm, so many ways. It's, mm. like, it's like a Dorito. It's perfectly filling but unsatisfying at the same time. Like you can't, you can't get it out of your head once it's in there. Yeah. So it would be the most torturous thing ever to have it on a desert island as my only thing. <laughs> Because it's it's really bad, mm. but it's not incompetent. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. It's like almost really well put together. Because like, because so many people have worked on it. Yeah, exactly. It's easily done in a pop factory, like you said. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. been made by some guy with like long hair and a beard who mm. doesn't wear shoes and lives in Stockholm and yeah. has written and like no one would recognise him. But if you talk to him, he'd be like, "Yeah, the music that I've written has only sold forty-eight billion copies." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It turns out yeah. he's written like every single Katy Perry banger for the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he clearly gave them this beat and this melody and then they just put all these offensive, horrid lyrics. Oh my it. God, <laughs> that is awful. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else on Freaky Friday? No, that's okay. it. Okay, awful I, I would say I don't go and listen to it. No, okay, yeah. Don't add to this. Don't add to the horror. Just leave it in your imagination. Okay. Oh dear. Well, I imagine most people have heard it. Yeah. It was just everywhere at one point, wasn't I picked, it? I've picked a song with like two billion YouTube plays and Avatar, and I'm like, <laughs> don't know if you've heard of these ones, guys. <laughs> Should I just give you a bit of background? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, everyone knows Avatar. Um, uh, thank you very much, Jake. And finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Um, I think this might be my most controversial choice. Yeah. I've picked deer. Deer. Deer, yeah. What have you got against deer? I went to this place in Japan called mm. uh, Nara, which okay. is like a city just outside Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And um, they've basically just let the whole place become overrun by deer. And so they've just... They're just everywhere. Oh, wow. Like okay. pigeons. Ah, And okay. they are... I went to visit the city and I, we, you, it's kind of a feature of going to the city and I thought this would be interesting or mm. fun or whatever. But I got there and they were the most rude, um, over-familiar animals I've ever met really? in my life. Yeah. Oh, no. Unbelievable. And they clearly have been overfed. Everyone, and they constantly want food off you. Mm. And it's very hard to appreciate the architecture of a Japanese city when you've got a deer nibbling on your fingers. All the time. Constantly. They're, uh, so they're everywhere? Everywhere. There's wow. like a bit in the city centre where they're allowed to do whatever they want. I'm butchering this Japanese law here, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's phrased differently to that. The Japanese law makes There's a bit in the middle. Yeah. Just they do whatever they want there. Um, and they're, yeah, they're just wandering around there everywhere. There's a yeah. high density of them as well. Okay. And obviously it's a, it's a, it's a very singular tourist thing that I think they're trying to use to differentiate themselves from other cities. So they've kind of let them, they've let them run amok. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but then where are they all living? I don't know. Maybe they've got flats or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're like, yeah, maybe, maybe property prices are sky high because there's just deer everywhere. They just commute in. Yeah, it's just like, you know, in India, I've never been to India, but in India, they, you can't, cows are sacred, right? So mm. if they're like, a cow is on the road and it doesn't want to move, mm. traffic just stops. There's nothing really you can do to it. There's a similar vibe with the deer. Um, over there. Oh, you've got to leave them at least. They're can't. just doing whatever they want. People are just going about their day. The deer are running amok, left and right. Um, Do you feel like the deer know locals and tourists? So they'll only bother the tourists? Or Yeah, that's true. Do you think? I, I, wonder, I think they definitely have got that thing where they're like, 
the tourist, the locals are so cowed mm. by the deer that the mm. deer are wandering around like kind of bullies from Grange right. Hill. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Mm. Just like, yeah, give, uh, what are you going to do? Give about me that. It's <laughs> my sandwich yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, give me that bit of chicken katsu or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's mine. They did have that kind of chest puffed out aspect mm. to them, right? Okay, um, which again, I think I reacted to them so negatively. I imagine they get fed loads of shit. Just well, like yeah, this is the thing. It can't be good for Sweets and yeah. rubbish and... Fags. <laughs> Fag ends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that they looked, they looked quite healthy. They weren't mm. fat deer, mm. but they were over-preoccupied with eating and mm. they just wouldn't leave you alone. So like an island overrun by these really annoying deers would be awful. I think that's the thing. They would have to be Nara deer. Right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Because other deer, they run the other way when you see yes. them, right? Yeah. Um, but these ones, they come towards you. So you'd just be trying to have a bit of peace and quiet. Mm. And then I'd try and leave Rogan and Cleese and Puddicombe yeah. to argue about transgender people or whatever. Yeah. And then I'd be in under the palm tree and then a deer would come up to me and go, yeah. give us a bit of that sandwich, mate. And yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And just take it. Because yeah. they're just so familiar. Yeah. And um, they want to take a trip to like somewhere like Nebworth, do you know what I mean? Where the deers are scared of us. And... Um, Learn a lesson or two. Exactly. They yeah. they need to they need we need to do some kind of cultural exchange program between the Nara deer and the Nebworth deer. Uh, yeah. And they can just learn each other's mm. ways a little bit. Um yes, okay. I think that's I also idea. think like Nara deer are probably like like northern comedians or whatever do gags about like when you come down to London, no one looks at you when you're on the tube. Like Nara deer are those deer. Yeah, you know right. I mean? Okay. Because they're yeah. so used to everyone chatting and sharing yeah. food and stuff. Yeah. But they must go to other cities and be like, what are you guys like? Why don't you talk to me? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I said hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I, but not for me. Get okay. Nara deers are going to be your animal choice. Ugh. Oh, it's so specific. It's very specific. I don't yeah. think I've ever had deer, let alone Nara deer. <laughs> let alone Nara deer. Yeah. Um, Jake, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Not at all. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, so as of this week, yeah. you're going to be in Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm doing a show called Limits in Edinburgh. It's my first show at the festival. It's on at 7.20 every night at the mm. Grass Market Centre. So come along. Um, yeah, I'm a bit scared. Are but also really excited. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a stressful thing. To put together Well to put together And then it's just like It's a bizarre situation Where it's like You're just going to do this show Every day For a month And you've got to keep it Sounding fresh Exactly yeah And you've got this thing Of you're you're going to be In a different city At the same time Yes And and so it's just kind of It's a bit of a perfect storm It's a bit of a Strange thing for the comedy industry To do to itself I think What, What can people expect From the show Uh, It's kind of about Where I grew up In Stevenage a bit Um, And it's about like I think it's kind of about working class, being working class Mm. and um, and kind of that interaction with comedy as well. And also just about it's kind of about when do you stop doing something you've always wanted to do? Do you know what I mean? When do what are the what are the the extremes to which you will go to follow something you've always wanted to do? Interesting. Okay. It sounds exciting. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well I look forward to seeing it. And uh, if if people want to find you, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my handle for both of those is at J underscore Ake Farrell. (laughs) 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 it's <laughs> 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 nice. the only permutation of my name I could get so J underscore then the rest Ake of my Farrell, name Ake Farrell nice okay <laughs> <laughs> easy to find um, thank you so much Jake no thanks very much for having me mate <laughs>